0: Come on, you you got to seize the goddamn gap! People are so goddamn inefficient! Oh, goddammit! I don't care if you're old! Seize the gap! Welcome to Seize the Gap Fantasy Football, where we help you to win your fantasy football leagues by seizing the gap so you can stop being so inefficient. I'm Magda Mills, and I'm here to help you set your lineups in Week 9 by discussing some players who I'm sitting and starting this week. Thanks for checking us out. Find Seize the Gap wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize the Gap. Find us on social media at SeedsTheGapFF, and you can find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. If you could, please do the follow, like, subscribe, comment, rate thing. Just even doing one of those things just takes you a couple seconds. Really helps us out a lot. Helps other people find the show. We really appreciate it. What I'm going to do here is go position by position and highlight players who I find myself starting or sitting as I set my initial lineups for Week 9. I'm going to reference the fantasypros.com consensus rankings just to give you an idea of where these players are ranked this week. I'm going to start with the quarterback position and then work our way through the rest of the starting lineup from there. At the quarterback position, I think all 11 of the top rated guys on the consensus rankings I agree with basically QB1s. Aaron Rodgers is at 12. This is a tough one because the matchup is beautiful. Who is he throwing to? I think the best case scenario for Rodgers is that it's a game where maybe Aaron Jones takes two passes to the house, and then he gets a third touchdown to Robert Tanyan or something. I honestly think if the Packers do win, it's probably on the back of the running game, maybe even the defense there. So I I guess I like Rodgers okay here. It's a little bit of a hedge, but I would probably have him lower than 12. If he had almost any other matchup, I think he would probably be in that 18 to 20 range, I'd say. Uh, Tom Brady, he's at 13 versus the Rams. I would definitely start Rodgers over Brady. Again, uh, Brady's just kind of struggled this year. The Bucs have one of the worst interior sections of the offensive line in the league. I really think it's going to be a little bit of a bounce-back game for the Rams defense. Aaron Donald's going to eat. So, yeah, I'll bet you Brady where I can. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's 14th there in the consensus rankings. I think he has a nice bounce-back game versus the Raiders. Andy Dalton just own them last week yeah I know the Jaguars don't have Alvin Kamara but Travis Etienne looks like a very good kind of facsimile of that so yeah back on the T-Law train this week I'm also probably riding Marcus Mariota again ranked 15th really a solid floor option showed a little bit of ceiling last week I'd love to see him somehow let Drake London and Kyle Pitts both eat in one game you know maybe we'll get there and then you have some streaming option types Andy Dalton I have no problem with on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. I think he'll get Jarvis Landry back. And Kamara is obviously going to do a lot of work there, as will Chris Olave. So I'm okay with Dalton here. I think 18 sounds about right. Taylor Heineke is at 19. Maybe you could argue for Heineke over Dalton if you're in that kind of, you know, quarterbacks on a bye have to pick someone up off the wire situation Heineke's got the nice matchup against the Vikings. You saw Kyler Murray really get back on track versus them last week. Heineke can also get it done with his legs a little more than Dalton. So if he rushes forward, 20 yards and a touchdown, that adds eight points that Andy Dalton's going to struggle to get any other way unless he somehow gets a one-yard, you know, quarterback sneak rushing touchdown. So I don't mind Heineke. And then PJ Walker's ranked 23rd here. The Bengals are going to be without both of their starting corners. Secondary struggled all year. I really don't hate PJ Walker here, man. I think DJ Moore could have another nice one here. So especially if you've got him or even Dante Foreman like stacking those guys up, both in DFS and in your season long leagues, moving on to the running back position. Deandre Swift comes in as the 14th ranked running back in the PPR consensus rankings. And I really don't ever want to sit Deandre Swift. You know what he does. He's going to, you know, he only touch the ball eight times, but somehow wind up scoring 20 points anyways. I have him more as like my running back 25 or 26 this week. So it's not that I'm saying bench him no matter what, but I think there is a decent chance you'll find you'll have, you know, two better running back options or two better running backs and a better flex option. Right behind him, Dante Foreman's at 15. He's a top nine running back for me, maybe a top eight running back for me this week. So he's a pretty much locked in RB1. If you can't find room for him in your starting lineup, congratulations. You got yourself a squad. Raheem Mostert's at 16. Again, I I think I'm starting him pretty much wherever I have him. That sounds about right. Not really worried about Jeff Wilson yet, although he'll pick up the playbook quickly because it's very similar to the 49ers playbook that he's already used to. Jamal Williams is 17. As much as i kind of down on Swift this week, that puts me on Williams a little bit. Maybe it'll be one of the four games he's already had this year where he scored exactly two touchdowns. He's going to get more volume. I like the matchup. Packers have struggled here. I think he finds the end zone again at least once, if not twice. Devin Singletary, again, another guy. They brought Naheem Hines in here. Not worried yet. First thing we're hearing is Hines is going to be on special teams, returning punts. Maybe he gets a few snaps, but I'm not really worried about it. I think the Bills kind of coast comfortably here. And Singletary gets a nice amount of volume, finds the end zone. Decent running back, too. So 18 sounds about right. And this is where it starts to get a little fun. I have Colts running back Deion Jackson right here around running back 19, mid-range RB2. I do worry that it's going to be a pretty negative game script for the Colts. On the other hand, Jackson does have some ability in the running game. The real worry is here that he kind of comes out and he has a mistake or something like that, and the Colts elect to go with Philip Lindsay. I'm not particularly worried about that. So if you picked up Deion Jackson or you're using him as a Jonathan Taylor handcuff, Again, running back 19, so back end, kind of mid-to-back end RB2, very good flex, so don't mind that at all here. I don't think he's going to be a league winner, but he could certainly help you in the week here where we have six teams on a bye. David Montgomery's at 19. I'm just kind of out. I know the Bears are going to try to run it, but I would much rather start Khalil Herbert. Montgomery's not involved enough in the passing game here, so yeah, I'm passing again unless you don't have better options michael carter at 20 basically the same thing i think they're going to get in a negative game script there and i don't think it's carter who's going to be in there getting those kind of check down passes as they play in comeback mode antonio gibson at 22 is a guy that i absolutely love with jd mckissick out i have him probably right in that running back 15 16 range so giddy up baby for antonio gibson he was left for dead a little bit earlier in the season loving it now and I'm pretty much out on all of the Kansas City and Los Angeles Rams running backs this week. If you're absolutely desperate, I guess you can start Clyde edwards Lair, Daryl Henderson, but I'm really avoiding it, if at all possible. Same thing for Kenyon Drake. Comes in at 25th here. Good chance that Gus Edwards sits, but Drake's really had two good games and been pretty terrible the rest of the time here. Uh, maybe it's Justice Hill time, finally? again you could probably do worse if you're in a deep league and drakes like your second flex or something like that but again i'm not really going there unless i'm really dealing with the bye week blues Eno benjamin's at 26 i'm starting him comfortably as a running back two if james connor's out and i'm benching him if james connor plays and connor is a game time decision brian robinson's at 29 as much as i love antonio gibson this week I don't know that Robinson's really going to get there unless he kind of gets, you know, the short touchdown or what have you. Again, if you're looking for back end flex or you're having the bye week blues at running back, that's fine. But I think you could do better in James Robinson, Naeem Hines, sending both of those guys. My super punt here, the guy who you have to get real deep with it, Ty Johnson of the Jets. I think he's the guy that's in there. If the Jets are down by three, four touchdowns, he's the one getting those dump-offs at the end of the third, throughout the fourth quarter, racking up that GTP and PPR league. So, you know, why not try a tie? At wide receiver, we see Chris Olave, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Boyd, both in that kind of 10 to 15, 16 range of wide receiver. I think they're all pretty much must-starts. Again, if you can't find room for them in your lineup, you've got yourself a squad Gabe Davis is at 19, and I'm exercising a little bit of caution here. He's played out like an elite Bob play, boomer bust guy, excellent ceiling, but a fairly low floor. I think he's more of a wide receiver three than the mid-wage wide receiver two. He's listed as here. So, again, I'm always down with starting players on the Buffalo Bills offense, but I do like the Jets' corners here, so just I don't think Davis is an automatic start, put it that way. Juju Smith-Schuster checks in at 21. Again, playing with Patrick Mahomes, I don't hate it, but I have him more as a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two. Michael Pittman is a guy who seems to be impacted by the loss of Matt Ryan at quarterback for the Colts. Matt Ryan was willing to throw it to Pittman. He was his guy no matter what. They're spreading the ball around more to Paris Campbell, to Alec Pierce, to three tight ends, everybody but Jonathan Taylor, and he can't even get on the field. So I don't think there's enough to go around here. I'm not mentioning Pittman outright, but I have him at like wide receiver 32, so again, more of a wide receiver 3 than a wide receiver 2 here. Josh Palmer of the Chargers checks in at 27. I have him right in that wide receiver 18, 19 range for me, so mid-range wide receiver 2. I think you're starting him almost everywhere you have him. Romeo Dobbs of the Packers could be the last man standing for them there this week, so He's a 29 for fantasy pros. I have him a bit higher, more like 22. So, back end wide receiver two for me. I'm benching Curtis Samuel, Drake London, Garrett Wilson. Love the talent, but I don't think it's happening for y'all this week. Devin DuVernay's at 32. Rashad Bateman's out. Mark Andrews could be out. So, I think DuVernay checks in as a high end wide receiver three here. Can't really go wrong with that. He's got some nice run-after-catch skills. They use him in the running game a little bit. He returns kicks, so I think he finds the end zone some way, somehow. Robert Woods at 35 is a wide receiver three for me if Ryan Tannehill plays. I think he can get a lot of those short-area mid-range targets as Tannehill just tries to get rid of the ball quickly. Otherwise, I'm benching him. The Chiefs' wide receivers outside of Juju are kind of they're a slot machine, basically. You have Marquez valdez Scantling. Miko Hardman, Kadarius Toney should be up this week. At least one of those guys is going to score. One of them might even score two touchdowns. There's a slight chance maybe two of them each score one touchdown. But this is, again, you're, I wish I could tell you which one of these guys to start. I have a funny feeling that it's Kadarius Tony who finds the end zone in his Chiefs debut to make them look really smart and everything. But, again, if you have to start one of these guys... I don't blame you, both MVS Hardman, Tony, one long touchdown can basically pay off the decision for you, so they're fine, Bob plays if you need a wide receiver three, flex, something like that, again, six teams on a bye, and Chase Claypool is going to be a sit for me, the Bears are talking about him playing somewhere between 15 and 35 snaps, but I don't think it's worth it this week, I like his long-term fit there, I think he could be a weapon for Justin Fields in the red zone, but I don't think this is the week to go ahead and push it like salt and Pepper there. And then finally, if you're really punting a wide receiver, you're digging deep this week. Give me Terrace Marshall of the Carolina Panthers, Tyquan Thornton of the New England Patriots. Again, both Bob guys, they can wind up getting you zero. I mean, zero is a real possibility, but I think both have a solid chance to score at least 10 PPR points. If they can break off the long touchdown, then you start talking about that 15-point range. So, hey, it's a six teams on a bye, man. You got to do what you got to do. Moving over to tight end, Taysom Hill, Gerald Everett, they're both lock and load mid-range, tight end one for me, uh, especially when you had the injuries. Michael Thomas is out over there for the Saints. Mark Ingram's out, so Taysom Hill can even see a few carries. And Donald Parnum's out for the Chargers, as are Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So really like both those guys this week. Mark Andrews is a tough one to play this week. I think he sits. If you want to kind of play chicken with him, that's okay. If you own Isaiah Likely, Or even if you own Taysom Hill. But if not, I would probably make other plans. They play on Monday Night Football. You're going to have to make that call earlier than you want. But my guess is Andrew sits. Ravens have a bye next week. They're going to get to give him that extra week of rest. I would be very surprised if he plays. And if he does, it might be in a very limited red zone role. So go ahead. If you have any other option at tight end, I would go there this week. Uh, TJ Hawkins is another guy I think plays limited snaps. Touchdown or bust. I think the Vikings want to get him out there, show off their new toy they just traded for and everything, but I would exercise caution this week. But the tight end position is what it is. So three catches for 20 yards and a touchdown might get it done for you. Dawson Knox is at 15th in the rankings. I think he finds the end zone for the third straight game. Again, probably not going to like the world on fire in terms of volume, but. Touchdown's a touchdown at the wide receiver position. Foster Moreau checks into 24. I'm assuming Waller sits. I have Moreau in my top 15 tight ends. The Jaguars are a very advantageous matchup for opposing tight ends. I think the Jaguars win that game, but that's a good thing. I think the Raiders are going to have to score points. I think it's a fun one to watch. I expect Waller to sit, and I expect Foster Moreau to do pretty well, maybe even find the end zone. And Noah Fant checks in at 17. He's probably my favorite tight end streamer who might actually be on your waiver wire right now. Love the talent. Geno Smith is getting it done. It's just the fact that the Seahawks are using three tight ends in a rotation. that's killing you, but the Cardinals represent basically the best matchup for opposing fantasy tight ends. So I'm feeling Noah Fant. I think he's the two touchdown guy this week, not Will Disley. And if you need a super punt here, you go with Logan Thomas of the commanders, finally healthy, Expect his snap to rise quite a bit this week. Maybe he lucks into the end zone. Again, he's got the Vikings. Good matchup for the fantasy tight end. And let's finish off with a couple of DSTs here, the defense special teams. Kansas City is ranked fifth. That makes sense, but I don't know if they're going to rack up the sacks and turnovers. I know Tannehill will be limited. Malik Willis could make some mistakes, but I don't think they're going to put the ball in play a lot. I think they're just going to give the ball to Derrick Henry and do their best to shut down Mahomes. So it all depends on how big of a lead the Chiefs can get off to. Again, I like them, but I'd have them in my top 10, but they're more like eight or nine for me, not five. Indianapolis Colts are at nine. Yes, Mac Jones has turned it over, but I think the Colts are just about ready to just box it in, man. I think they're almost done here. I can see the Patriots really putting a hurting on them. So I'm not going with the Colts DST unless I don't really have a lot of other options. I like Baltimore here, ranked 10th. At the Saints, Andy Dalton could turn back into a pumpkin at any time. The addition of Roquan Smith to the Ravens' defense will be huge. And if you can hold on to him, they have one of the best remaining schedules for a fantasy DST. So like adding the Ravens here a lot if they're out there still. The Jaguars, yeah, I'm using the Jaguars at home. They're ranked 12th. They're against the Raiders. They've struggled all year to protect Derek Carr. I think there could be, again, maybe I don't want to, Derek, I feel bad for you, man. But I think there could be you know two, three turnovers to be had here. So fire up the Jaguars this week. I think they're right about in the the right range there, right 12th. And if you're looking for a streamer who's available, about half the leagues, the Seahawks at 16. It, they've really played a lot better defense since the first couple of weeks of the season. Excellent rookie class. Everything's really coming together for them there. We've seen Kyler Murray take some sacks, turn the ball over. Really like the Seahawks this week. And finally, if you're digging deep, the super punt give me the Carolina Panthers at the Bengals. The Bengals is quiet as it's well, it's not really that quiet, but they've been very inconsistent this year. Joe Burrow has gotten hit a ton, taken a lot of sacks, turned the ball over a lot more than he did last year. Carolina's playing hard right now. They did give up a lot of points last week to the Falcons, but I think they can get it done, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm feeling Carolina this week. If you watch our Survivor show, you'll know I'm feeling the Panthers at the Bengals this week. And that was it. That was our week nine. start. it stuff. And we are Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. Thanks again for checking us out. Find us again wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize the Gap on social media at Seize the Gap FF. By the YouTube channel at com. I'm Magna Mills, and please be aware that I don't care if you're old, you need to seize the gap. We'll be back next Tuesday with our Week 10 waiver Wire ads. Good luck this week, y'all. This has been Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. The views expressed here are those of the hosts alone and do not represent those of any other entity, individual, or organization. All team names and logos are copyrighted by the NFL and their respective teams. Thanks again for checking us out. Come back next time and we'll continue to help you to seize the gap and stop being so inefficient. Good luck to you and all of your teams. Who's that? Nobody. I said, who's that? I said, nobody.